36 years of basketball knowledge and life skills. Your host, Coach Goins, focuses on today's topics on and off the court, helping players and coaches achieve their goals. So get ready for another fast break episode of Basketball More Than a Game with your host, Coach Goins. Hey, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fast break edition of Basketball More Than a Game. And I'm your host, Coach Goins. Hey, listen, I am not in the studio and I'm not in the gym. I'm actually on location in Stanton, Virginia at Liberty Point Behavioral Healthcare. And I have the opportunity to have with me today none other than Mark Rawson, who is the physical education teacher as well as coach here at Liberty Point. Coach Rawson, welcome to Basketball More Than a Game. Couldn't be more honored to be here. Such an honor. Thank you so much. Not a problem. So listen, as I always tell the listeners, make sure you got your sneakers tied on tight because it's going to be an excellent, excellent uh, time that we spend with Coach. I uh, actually had the opportunity uh, to meet Coach Rawson uh, probably about three years ago. Uh, came out and of course, uh, we partnered up, and they have been participating with Act Sports, which is based uh, in Stanton, which is a recreational basketball program, as well as uh, flag football. And Coach has done a spectacular job uh, coaching both uh, both teams, dual duties. Uh, but actually, of course, uh, the passion I have is basketball. So as we were kind of going through our calendar and looking at uh, upcoming events, we definitely want to have him on the show. So with the uh, uh, as we always say, time is money, and money is time. So with that, Coach, we're going to jump right down in the heart of things. So if you'll tell our listeners what's your day-to-day consistency here uh, as physical ed and, and talk a little bit about coaching, and then we'll get started. Well, here at Liberty Point, we service a lot of gentlemen that have been kicked out of their public school. Maybe the public doesn't want them around anymore. They maybe feel like outcasts, but we're here to bring them back into society and give them a chance to redeem themselves through their vocational work, through their education, through sport, and to just have them have an opportunity to acclimate back into society and be a great part of society and just not somebody on the side. Excellent. Again, and I'm speaking firsthand because uh, for the last three years I've I've dealt with Coach and his uh, fine players, and it has been an honor to have those guys come out and work out with us. And and actually, uh, I guess about two years ago, he used to come out on Mondays, and we used to just – I'd get some guys in the the community, and, and we would go at it. Uh, on the court and just kind of work on some fine-tuning. But, again, when they come out and what they produce every Saturday, uh, the ability, uh, his coaching, his passion. uh, And, folks, if we had the video, I'd run it right now. And when he steps in the gym, he, he is dressed to kill. Uh, he is dapper down with his blaze and his fedora. And again, it just brings passion. It brings excitement. And again, it's just a win-win for us as well as Liberty Point. And some of the program benefits I just want to call out, uh, what uh, Coach was just talking about, the functional life skills, vocational training, work adjustment training. You know, a lot of times people uh, in life make wrong decisions, but it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. You know, so when you have a, a fine program such as Liberty Point and folks uh, such as Mark uh, Rawson, it just comes in and just opens up and pours in. And as they their tagline on their website is to empower and equip. You know, what can you do in life if you're not empowered to do something as well as equipped and trained in order to carry out those duties? So with that uh, being said, Coach, uh, this first session of the podcast uh, we call Fast Break. And in that, we talked a little bit about what you do, your style, how you balance work, life, and recreation. So with that, first question that we like to ask you is in reference to basketball, how did you develop the passion for the game of basketball? 
Well, I got started at an early age. Uh, my mother was a physical education teacher at the Virginia School for the Deaf and Blind for 35 years. Wow. So she got me involved in all kinds of sports, everything from football, track, baseball. But I loved basketball. Growing up here in Stanton, uh, you always hear the name Paul Hatcher. And so basketball is life for a lot of us growing up. So my mom got me at an early age involved in rec basketball. And then she herself trained me and helped me develop my skills up until when I did hit middle school. And then I started playing for R.E. Lee and developing my skills even more. And I love the game of basketball. It teaches me not only that great competitive drive, but also it keeps me in shape. It keeps me having the competitive drive to succeed in society, too, not just on the court. Exactly. And, and think of what we just coach just framed out. As, as I always say on the, the podcast, he's dropping dimes. Uh, for those that uh, say, well, what are you talking about, Coach Going say That's a true assist in every sense of the word because, you know, in our title, basketball, more in the game because it is more in the game. Uh, people just think, you know, it, it's what happens inside the, the lines, but it's not. It's about the relationships, it's about the trust, uh, and it's about people understanding, you know, how do you work together. So with that, Coach, here's the, here's the next um, question I'd like to uh, toss up to you. When you are working with your players, how do you develop trust so they know who coach is? How do you how do you peel back that onion uh, in order for that player to give you what you need uh, to meet you to meet your passion for you guys to be successful? Well, one of the things I do with uh, my guys to build trust, and you know, I'm, I'm having a little harder time these days because I'm getting older. Is I I like to get out there and show them that. This old man maybe can still play a little. I'd like to run with him a little. And nobody will trust you as much as if you're on the court with them. But in other ways, developing trust, you know, I let them know that I'm there for them, not just on the court, but off the court. You know, on the court, yeah, I'm there to help guide them and increase their skill. But off the court, I want to be there for them if they're having a problem at home, if they're having a problem, you know, maybe with the mom, the dad, maybe – they're just having a rough time here at Liberty Point. Being there for all that and on the court builds that trust. And once they trust me, they'll go, they'll do anything for me. And that's that's all I can ask for them. I just want 100% effort and that trust. Exactly. Coach, I mean, if folks, you know, the thing, if you on Saturday doing basketball season, I'm sure. Uh, we'll keep you uh, posted up on that. But when you had that opportunity to come out and, and take a look at this well-oiled machine, so imagine you know, nine or ten young men coming in the gym and they're dressed you know, top to bottom, uh, looking sharp, feeling sharp, and playing sharp, which means a lot. Because you know, a lot of times people don't realize how much you care until uh, they see the passion and, and, the, and the love that goes out. And, and coaches, uh, he's hitting all cylinders uh, as it relates to that. So with all that being said, I know you're um, almost, I'm going to say a newlywed, is you haven't been in the yeah. game as long as I have, but uh, but in that, uh, congratulations on that uh, Thank as you, well. Coach. Uh, but in that, share with our listening audience how your career, your uh, life away from work and away from basketball. How do you balance work life? Talk a little bit about work life balance for for all the coach, all the folks that are listening. And said I really right. want to coach. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I, my wife, I've been married to her for just over a year now. And uh, I couldn't have a better wife. Not only is uh, she my best friend and the woman that I love, but also she is the biggest supporter of me in sports. She is in football. She's my statistician. In basketball, she's at every game on the sideline with me as my statistician. And also that lady that says, hey, pull it back a little now. Pull it back. She's my, she's my anchor that holds me down there. And 
to find that balance between work and coaching and that home life, it's tough. You know, at first, you know, maybe you want to commit to one more than the other, especially as a newlywed. You want to be home with your spouse as much, but, you know, you're here to do your job too. So I think the big thing for me is is when I'm here at work, my main focus is work. When I'm at um, the basketball coach or the football coach, my main focus is that. But when I go home, and I step through that door. I don't talk any basketball as hard as it is, as hard as it is. I try not to talk basketball or football with her until it's time to do that again. And I think that's important that you have those separate things there. And that's, that's a great call out. To, uh, and it, it's passed. Before we started the interview, was, uh, Coach asked me, was I watching the playoffs? I was like, what? For sure. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, when, when he says that, uh, you know, my mind runs back. I've been uh, coming up on 25 years myself, and, and my wife understands. Hey, congratulations, uh, Coach. You know, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, when, when it comes to basketball, I'm, I'm very passionate about basketball, whether I'm, I'm playing, whether I'm refereeing, even going to the game. Uh, I got to be there and I got to be on time and, and, and don't make me late. So, again, we certainly appreciate uh, your transparency with that. So, kind of turning our attention back toward players, uh, a lot of, you hear a lot of coaches have open gyms. Mm-hmm. As a coach, when you conduct an open gym session, what do you really want your players to focus in on instead of just free time? Well, Coach, uh, and this kind of goes into a little of my basketball strategy. I, I myself, like I said, I did basketball and football and track growing up and I I went to college and ran track. So one of the things I'm looking for a lot is speed and endurance. I think a player that doesn't get tired and still has that speed, you know, that means they won't quit on you Mm -hmm. and they won't get tired later. So that's one of the first things I'm looking to. The second thing I'm looking for also, especially with my young men, is are you going to follow directions? If I send in a a play or I want to run something, you know, are you going to listen to me? and do exactly what we're, we're doing. Now, it might not be a play to get you all that shine and everything. Can you do what I asked you to do? Because later we might do something for you. And so I want to see that following directions a lot. So speed, following directions, and just the pure intensity. I want to see that you love the game. Now, maybe you don't have to love it as much as me because that's going to be hard. I understand. <laughs> but I want to see that you you love to play the game. And you, you get – you get something out of the game, not just going out for some exercise. Like you, you understand. You get something else out of the game. You know, it, it is a great game. Somebody years ago took time, and uh, I wasn't a great player. I didn't play high school basketball. I was a manager on the team, uh, and then that really showed me the ins and outs. And I sat, and, and you know, just you saying that, just my mind runs back, and you be like, man, that guy can really play, man. That no, look at that guy. He, he's kind of clowning around, you know. So those are great call outs. Uh, Listen, uh, you, you, you young players that are, are tuning in, uh, listen exactly what coach. You know, some p- people paying attention. Coaches are not out there just. They, you know, they can get on the floor during practice, but the game time, you know, they have they basically have a restricted area. So he, they're relying on you to execute what uh, what their direction has been, and you have to follow that direction. And number one aspect, and make sure you're listening. So, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about coaches. Mm-hmm. When what is your advice when a when a person says, "Man, I want to coach." What would you What would you tell them, or what would be your your strategy if we were in a room full of coaches right now and it was brand new? They're green, they're eager. What's how, well, do, first, how do you have that conversation? Well, first I got to tell them, hey, I already told you you got to separate that work life, the coach life, and the family life. That coach life's going to take a bit of your time. If you want to be a good coach, you know it's going to take time, and you're going to need to do your research, and you're going to need to 
come up with your strategies. So you need to make sure you have that time because when you step in the role of a coach, you know, it, you might get something out of it, but the real thing is, is you're teaching, all right? And you need to have time for those kids to learn. You don't want to just give them a half heart. You want to give them your whole heart. So that's the first thing I tell them all the time. You know, you need to love it and you need to have that time for it. The other thing is, is, you know, watch. Watch some of these coaches, you know. Pick out a couple and watch what they do on the sideline. Read some of their strategies. Yeah, myself, I'm a defensive kind of guy. I could care less if we win six to two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, you know, I want to I want to play good defense. So pick out what you want, you know, for me, defense. Some people just want score, score, score. So that's your thing. Watch some coaches that run an offense like that. So I'm saying the time, though, is the big one. Right. You got to have that time because you want to give those kids your full heart and you need to not give them just a little bit of time, give them that whole time on it. So, yeah, and that's a great call out. You know, you think about it. What can you do if your heart's not in it? You know, you can't, uh, you can't go fishing or, and I tell people, so, you know, you, you can, we can both be standing on the fishing bank and working the same lure, but if I don't know the proper presentation, uh, I may be standing there all day long. The person beside me is, is catching the uh, the big, large, uh, the largemouth basses. So, what coach is really you know, telling all all of you prospective coaches out there? You, you, you got to understand it's a process. You got to put the time in. You can't expect to show up at practice, drop down thirty minutes, and think you're going to be ready to play the Lakers. It's not going to happen. You got to have that passion. Well, when I, you have to work on the passion. Of course, you, you may be a, uh, a new coach, or you may be you know listening in to try to refine your skills. But in that. Uh, what coach is doing is he's being very transparent. He's telling you the, the keys to success, uh, and we certainly appreciate him, him being open and honest with that. And so, coach, yes, sir. Go ahead. One yes, more sir. Thing. Go ahead. Uh, for me, you know, you were saying the passion. That's a that's a big one for me. If I'm if other coaches would come watch, if they come watch me, coach, you know, for my players, we were talking about trust earlier. They can see that I'm involved as much as they are on the sideline. Now I'm not, you know throwing my hands up and everything, but I'm cheering them on. I'm the biggest cheerleader we have. You know, I'm clapping. I'm, I'm excited when they're doing something good. And I think that when you're excited and you're showing that excitement to your young men, especially younger players, they're going to get more excited. They're going to be ready to play. They're just going to just do so well for you because you're showing your passion and your excitement for them. Exactly. And, and he was saying his relationship with um, Lee High School playing there, I had the opportunity to interview Coach uh, Jared Hatcher a couple weeks ago. And, and the thing that what I like about what uh, Coach Hatcher said and, and uh, Coach Ross had just said, it's you know meeting, meeting the players where they are, you know, taking those young men and letting them see that passion. Because if you see Coach Ross and Coach and you see Coach Hatcher – it's the, it's the passion that they bring uh, to the table. So with that being said, before we wrap up uh, this session of Fast Break, I've got – I always try to hold what I call a showstopper uh, to the end. What has been the most rewarding aspect of coaching for yourself? For me, coaching for myself, I think uh, this brings it back to Liberty Point. You know, our boys, like I said at the beginning, a lot of society has, has maybe given up on them. For me, it's seeing these kids get out of our facility – Go out and be cheered on by the public and and the staff that work here come and cheer them on too. And for them to feel like a normal high school kid and for me to help them get to that point is the most rewarding thing that we've done. It's not win or lose. It's that point right there and just having them feel like they're a part of society again. And, and that's a great call out because, folks, trust me, I'm in the gym every Saturday doing basketball season. And, and you know when Liberty Point rolls in, uh, they come in in the fan base. 
Uh, I mean, they, you know, they do the defensive chants. Uh, they have, you know, and then after the game, here, here's one thing I want to really frame out. It's just then after the game, Coach always has the players go over and thank their fans. I mean, you, know, you don't see that. Uh, that's cutting edge. Uh, that's giving back. You know, players realize it's a process. Well, he's instilling into his players that it's a process of, you know, it's not it's people giving up their time, uh, their talent, and their interest to be able to come out and support it. So it's just a huge, huge win. I cannot stress that enough. It has been great for Act Sports, and it's been great for uh, Liberty Point. And again, we just look forward to the continued partnership as uh, as we move forward. So as we take a break and get ready to roll into in the paint, I just want to call out uh, Act Sports, which is our recreational sports program uh, located in Stanton, Virginia. Uh, if you're interested and you have any youth uh, that are looking for a great opportunity, uh, you can go to playactsports.com for your registration needs. Uh, we have volleyball and, of course, rec basketball, soccer, flag football, and we are uh, soon to start cross country as well as track. And we also had our first year had six travel teams. You know, So if you're interested, please go to playactsports.com. Uh, and take a look at the registration needs there. So with that being said, we're just going to move right on into the second half of the podcast, which we call In the Paint. Coach, and you know, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a former player and, and the guy that still gets out and, and, and does the battle, In the Paint, what we try to do is just get down into really, we, we kind of was on a little bit on the outer surface, and now we're going to kind of do a little uh, deep dive as relates to uh, what you do, what your passion, and, and how all that comes about. So with that being being said, here's here's what I, I always like to start off this way. As a coach, what is your method or processes to improve yourself year to year? Well, uh, I go back to what I said in the first half. You know, one of the first things I like to do is, you know, I, I love basketball. I love watching it from the rec league all the way up to the NBA. So uh, I have a few coaches that I like to watch. And uh, I think for me to get back into the game, I like watching what they do. And that helps me develop my character and my style of coaching. You know, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to maybe be the guy stomping over there getting technical fouls. I don't want to be Bobby Knight throwing a chair out on the court, you know. I want to, I want to watch the guys and see how they take their anger when they get upset and how they rework it into the game and through their coaching style. So I think not only is it helping build my character, but then I'll start watching their coaching strategies and what they do. So it's helping me again with the defense. I'm a, I'm all about the defense, and I was playing defense. Yeah, and, and that's so. You so so imagine and just kind of framing it real quick. So imagine being in the gym Saturday. Liberty points get ready to play. We finish the uh, starting lineups and we go. The basket score full court press. I mean, defense is he's not just talking it because he's on the podcast today, folks. They they live it. They breathe it. They play. Hard nose defense from from top to bottom. So, with that being said, let's 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 do a little deep dive and and, and talk a little bit about some of your favorite players over the course of the, of time. So, if you had if, if you had the opportunity to sit down with your favorite player, who would that person be? Well, um, so I was born in 1981. And, wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, as a small child, and this is the reason that. Flag football, basketball, doesn't matter. I'm always number six. Okay. And this is the reason why, I'm as, a, as a little child, I'm watching, and I, I see Julius Irvin dribble down the court for the 76ers against the Lakers, and he just flies through the air. He brings it in and brings it back out and dunks it. And I'm like, I look at, I remember looking at my dad being like, I want to be that. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. So for Dr. J, I was just, it was amazing. And then after that, um, I'm also a big fan of Charles Barkley. I like 
and Dennis Rodman. I like rebounding. I like tough in the paint, kind of defensive presence. Um, nowadays, I would say uh, I'm a big fan of Kawhi Leonard. All you know, all my kids here at Liberty Point, they want to be LeBron James. They want to be Steph Curry. I said, guys, if you really watch Kawhi Leonard from college to now, that's the player you want to be. He can play any position on the court. He's improved so much, and he's a student of the game. So I'd say nowadays I'm, I'm a big fan. Plus, again, he's the two-time defending defensive player of the year, probably the three-time after this year. Exactly. And, you know, again, folks, here, Coach, he's landed out. Uh, and as I told you in the beginning, it was it's going to be a dynamic show as we continue to roll. But yeah, I think back on that night when he said 1981, I was like, "Wow, man, I was a freshman in high school." So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to I'm going to have to change my seat and, and get in the recline as I can continue to talk with Coach. But no, seriously, I, I remember that play. I remember it being a Dr. Uh, Pepper commercial. Uh, he comes down and it's in the spectrum. Uh, they don't play there anymore. Uh, but he dunked on Michael Cooper. I remember Michael Cooper jumped and ducked. And next thing you know, uh, the doctor he cups it, and it was not. And it wasn't like in. The, I mean, it was. It's a great place. So if you don't, if you have never seen it, make sure you uh, go to YouTube and pull it up, and it's there. So the player, possibly, possibly best in-game dunk I've ever seen in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, it, the strides he was taking, and plus, you know, actually, and think about the players that he's calling out. You know, Julius Irvin, and he's noted for his huge hands, and so is Mr. Lennon in San Antonio. So you know, defensive mind, uh, defensive mind coach, and he, he's he's called out great players. You know, Dennis Rodman, he played for the Bulls, and and as Jordan often told him, I don't care what you do off the court, but when you step on the court, you gotta you gotta have your head right. So again, I mean, just these guys always guarded the top players on the other team. You know, night in and night out, an eighty-two game grind. Uh, it's not easy. So we see how we see how, again as we continue to peel the onion back on the coach Rawlson is what makes him go is great players like you know, Sir Charles Barkley uh, as, as well as uh, Julia Servin and even bringing it up uh, to today's game. And then he chose he teaches his kids the balance of the game. They just don't go for the showmanship of LeBron and and Mr. Curry out there. They look at the the hard workers. Uh, because it's 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 what those guys do that makes the LeBrons and the Currys uh, mm-hmm. stand out uh, for what they do. So here's here's another one. I I have to go here. Who is your favorite coach? No, no, doesn't matter what sport. Okay. Who is your favorite coach, and why are they your favorite coach? Well, I'd say uh, I'd say it's probably close. There's there's two that are that go neck and neck a lot of times. Uh, for me, I like I like Greg Popovich. Okay. Uh, you know the Spurs. I'm not a Spurs fan. I, I grew up. Uh, you know, I didn't talk about any players from this team. I grew up a SuperSonics fan, so now I'm an OKC fan. Uh, but Greg Popovich is just the way his coaching style is, and the, San Antonio's been on top of their game for so long with him. And again, it brings it back to defense. But he's also had some dynamic scores there too. And I like I like that you know he'll play mind games with the other coaches too. You know, you might think oh you know you're coming to town you're playing Kawhi and Lamarcus Aldridge and all these guys and nope they're sitting the bench that day. You don't get them this time, you know. <laughs> so he'll he'll mess with you a little bit. So I like him. And then if I go down a little lower in the college game, I've always been a big fan. And I know this man doesn't coach anymore, but I always like Dean Smith. I liked I liked watching a Dean Smith team. Just the balance of everything he did, just a class act. I'm always big on a, being a class act on the sidelines. He was always a class act, so he has the character and then the development of all the players that he's had over the years. Just and it brings it back to me again. We got balance on offense and defense. Whether I'm big on defense, but we still need to score the ball. And 
I just thought he was an amazing coach, an amazing man. Yes. So in that, let, let's talk a little bit about the college game. I know um, it, it's it's changing. Uh, you know, some people say you know they don't they're not big fans of the one and as a basketball player, I'm just going to be transparent. I struggle with the one and dones just because I love. Uh, you know, when guys stay in school four years, I mean, back when I was, you talk about 1981, you, know, you could go down through the ACC from Maryland all the way basically to Clemson, and you can name four or five guys on the team because they stayed in school. So with that, uh, are you, assuming you're a Carolina fan. Uh, I, I do like Carolina. Oh. I, I cheer for them. Okay, so with that, I'm going to put you on the spot with this. Besides Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. who is your favorite Carolina player, and what is your favorite Carolina moment? Okay, favorite Carolina moment is probably now I was I've only seen highlights of it because I was okay. too young to see it live, but I liked when Big Game James Worthy yep. stole the ball to win the '82 championship. So every highlight, every time I see the highlights of it with uh, Sleepy Floyd throwing yes. the ball to him, it just it like gets me goosebumps. I'm so excited. But uh, my favorite Carolina player ever. Is and this is right when you know I was starting to understand more the game of basketball as a uh, as a child going into my teenage years was George Lynch. He played okay. there uh, when they won the championship in '93, I think it was '92 or '93. You know he was he was rebounding, he was scoring, he was tough defense, and he went on to play with Allen Iverson at the 76ers. They went to the finals the one year, but. He, just everything he did, he was just power down there, but he's also grace with his defense and everything. And uh, I heard Dean Smith say one time, you know, you know, we have all these scores and everything on this team that's leading us to the championship, but this machine doesn't run without George Lynch and all of his defense and all of his tenacity and everything on the team and the leadership, too, from him. He was a senior. Yes. You're talking about staying there four years. You know, that's still when they were staying there four years and working. You know, you know, coaches calling that out. I and mean, think about the Final Four this year. I had the opportunity uh, to go out to Phoenix and, and, and take it in firsthand. But, you know, you, once you sit there and you look and you got the program, you look, all four teams were heavy, heavy, heavy seniors. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes, a, you know, it makes a huge, huge difference. So with that, what's your opinion on the one-and-dones versus stay, not necessarily staying four years, but what's, what? give us your opinion about the one-and-dones and, and the four-year player. I'd like to see the uh – the NCAA go to what the NCAA has gone to in college football. In college football, you can go to the NFL after being a redshirt sophomore or a true junior, so staying three years. Because by then, in, in basketball, I mean, if we're looking at it, you know, let's say you're a, uh, a power forward or a center, you know, your body hasn't fully grown yet. Yeah, it's, and, it's you, uh, and, you know, you might be that number one player, but you're going to get beat up. Your, your career might get shortened in the NBA because you haven't been able to develop not only your skill set but your body size and grow into it more. So I'd really like that. Plus, I think it makes the game better. I just think it makes the game better if you have, let's say, Coach K and Calipari and all these great coaches and they get to have you for three years. I mean, it's going to not only make your price tag go up for the NBA, but it's going to just make the game such a better game. You know, and, and that, that's such a great – I mean, that, that's the thing that uh, that I've noticed uh, over the course of the last few years is it's almost like you, know, you root for a player uh, and then, then you lose them because, you know, they one year at Duke or one year wherever and, and they go in the NBA and then they move around and it's just like, you know, oh, that guy went to Duke. Or, I mean, think you look at Kyrie Irving – if he, I think you know, if my my stats are right. He only played like four games at Duke, and then he's like done. 
you know, then he goes on, of course, you know, he, he's done quite well uh, in the NBA, but that's, you know, that's one out of 15 guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, so again, I, I know people make decisions, maybe because it might be, you know, money, but as a basketball fan that grew up in uh, right outside, you know, Chapel Hill to where it was, you know, the ACC and, and watching it before ESPN, it was actually uh, the Raycom Sports Network and it was the Packer Thacker Show, it was Bones McKinney. I'm dating myself, but this was the early 80s when Ralph Sampson, James Worthy, you know, Jordan was a freshman, you know, Georgia Tech was solid. So, again, uh, and those guys stayed three Lynn, and four Lynn years. Lynn Bias. They Lynn Bias out yeah. of Maryland. I mean, that was uh, that, that was incredible, credible team out of uh, out of Maryland. But in that, you know, now, you know, the guys have to regroup and, and refire back up. So, what, well, Coach, yes, I'll sir. tell you this. Uh, I, I saw something. I read an article one time that uh, – Kentucky's famous for the one and done. There was an article of if John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins would have stayed till they were at least juniors, their lineup was a first-team All-NBA lineup. It was an amazing lineup that they would have had to play with. It Just think of, as a fan, seeing that kind of team. We're talking maybe a dominant team like UCLA back when Lou Alcindor was there, that kind of team. Yes. And it would have just been nice to see that. It is exactly right. Matter of fact, you say that I had the opportunity uh, Monday. Uh, well, last Monday when I was in New York, was uh, had uh, lunch with uh, Coach Calipari, and he was saying that he just signed a new bowl son. Uh, and then encouraged Ralph and I to uh, pull it up on YouTube. And, of course, we did that. But, you know, my, my, that's a great call. And where I'm going with this is I wonder how long, don't know, but I don't know how long will the institution, meaning um, University of Kentucky, allow the one and dones without banners being hung in, in, in Rupp Arena. You know, so that's yeah. a little bit of – If the banners go up, they'll continue to support. Right. So, um, but, yeah, as I bet if he's, if he's at least hitting Elite Eights and Final Fours, they're probably – but it, I, I just bring it back to as a fan. Just, that's, what would you? It would just be so great to see ooh, that. And that's the thing. I mean, when you look at you look, just just let's frame this out real quick. Michael Jordan, James Worthy, Sam Perkins, Jimmy Black, and Matt Doherty. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say, "What was that?" Uh, okay, that was the uh, the team that coach was talking about when uh, they beat Georgetown in the uh, '82 championship. And, you know, ball swings over. Jordan knocks that uh, mid range down, and of course, uh, the rest is the rest is history. And talking about you know building those iconic teams because players stayed that long, they developed. Uh, you know, you take a 16, 17 year old kid in as a freshman in college, he goes to the NBA. You know, that's an eighty two game grind. He's never played that many games. You know, it's just it's tough. I mean, and again, we're speaking just from a heart from basketball fans. You know, not t- trying to say or run down anybody's game whatsoever. But we're just saying as a basketball fan, what could teams actually look like? And when he says that, I think about Duke having you know Ty's Jones, Okafor, mm-hmm. along with Winslow, along with uh, Tatum, along yeah. with uh, the kid that uh, is just uh, just leaving. Uh, as well, so you know, it, it's just a litany of, of thing of players and institutions that really can you know take a uh, a step back. But we understand that's the game, and I and I know coaches have to adjust uh, to that. So with that being said, coach, let's uh, let's cru- let's cruise on. He, he said Dean Smith. Now let's talk a little bit about Roy Williams, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. I, I know, I like, and I didn't realize this, but I always like to ask coaches this question. Now, Coach Williams has won three titles at since he's been at Carolina. But he's played in six. What do you think? How do you think he would have laid out if he would have won three at three at Kansas and three in North Carolina? Because people sometimes don't give Coach Williams the just due. So, how do you feel about what he's accomplished now versus early in his career? 
Well, you know, I, I think he's definitely a very, very successful coach. I think those years at Kansas, there was a while where he was setting the record every year for most wins in a season, but he wasn't finishing it off. Now, you know, it's tough when you get to that point. You know, as a coach myself, you know, I like to watch. I like to scout. I like to pick out things. And I'm sure Roy's doing that. But, you know, the other coach is doing that too. And it, it just comes down to maybe a missed shot here or a loose ball here or, you know, a foul call here. So I, I don't I don't really judge Roy too much on that. He's just – I think he's a great coach. I think uh, I think he's a great recruiter too. He, he gets the talent in and everything. And to develop the talent, I mean, you've seen UNC. You know, they, they should have be – two-time defending champions yes, right now. That's right. The, the, maybe one of the greatest innings ever to a basketball game two years ago against Villanova. So, you know, I think that Roy is an excellent coach, and he will be at Carolina as long as they'll have him there as, because he is hanging the, banger, the right. banners up. Yeah, and, and, and that's right. I mean, and to come, to come off of the coaching staff with uh, Dean Smith, and again, he, mm-hmm. he, he does a great, you know, call out and making sure that Coach Smith is recognized. But one other thing I liked about after the national championship when he was asked that question, he said, you know, these are my guys. I'm going to let my guys – enjoy this for, for the night so you know and, and that's the passion and the desire so here I, I want to kind of just revisit this so oh, I touch, touch a little bit about when young players when you're working and developing with young players what is one of the main focuses that you try to teach not from a defensive side mm-hmm. just from an overall fundamental what what is some of the things if you just encourage some of our listeners as a young player what do, would you say that they really need to focus in on well, uh, for my guys, and uh, my gentlemen here are 13 to 18, so uh, one of the things we work on, you know, I, I talked about earlier, speed, endurance. Uh, one of the big things I tell a lot of guys, you know, they all want to be big and strong and everything. I tell them, hey, look, your body's still growing at this age, but here's something perfect you can do, and this is what I used to do. My mom actually got me started on it. If you're a kid and you're watching TV, every commercial break, bust out 10 push-ups, 10 setups. Slowly get your strength on, and you'll do, your body will develop around that. Also, a fundamental thing, though, I'm looking for in basketball a lot of times is, you know, I like I like ball handling, too. I was I was a three-guy, I guess you say, two or three-guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm looking for ball handling. You know, um, a lot of my guys, when they go fast, the ball comes all the way up to their head, you know, <laughs> controlling it and getting it down there. So we'll work on a lot of just sitting around. We're just sitting around. We'll just dribble the ball. Switch over, dribble it with our left for a minute, dribble it with our right, keeping it down low, just sitting there, just dribbling. I mean, you can do multiple things while you're just hanging out, doing your homework. You know, you could, if you're writing with your right, maybe you just try to dribble with your left a little bit. Take a little break, do some push-ups, set-ups, get back to it. Developing your body's strength and that endurance, plus with the fundamental dribbling skill, Use your speed. You can go by somebody. You don't even need to work on the jump shot. Just hit your layups. You'll be okay. How about that? So, again, folks, uh, you know, as we said earlier, coaches continue to drop the dime. So, you young folks out there, you, you just want to walk in the gym. And as, as I've always said on the podcast, you want to shoot that raggedy three, uh, work on your ball handling and get inside and, and, and let your speed and, and your endurance pay pay the dividend. So, listen, as we well, start – Go uh, ahead. Coach, go ahead. Go. Yes, sir. One more thing yes, sir, on that. Please. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the things that we've really worked on with my boys here is uh, – a lot of times, you know, players, you know, nowadays that, like I said before, they all want to be Steph or they want to be LeBron. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to teach our guys more, you know, about the defensive thing, but also maybe be more like uh, Chris Paul. Mm, okay. Get get enjoyment out of hitting that assist 
and get the enjoyment of your teammate, your friend scoring. And it's tough because, you know, everybody wants to score the ball. Yes. But to see someone else score should bring you even more happiness. And that's something we really work on here and teach here. You, you, you said that, that my mind just kind of just like hit serious uh, reverse, and I'll call this out. I remember as a young kid, I never understood it, uh, but if you watched the Tar Heels and they, they would score and the person score would always point to the person that threw in the basketball. That was a huge thing from Coach Smith. And I, I was like, man, you know, and now it, it's a lost art. You really don't see that person that received and hits the layup as acknowledges uh, the person that gave him the pass. So, you know, that's a great call out. So, with that being said, you know, as we said earlier, time is money and money is time. So, Coach, what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, if you'll just kind of give us your closing comments, what's on your heart, you know, anything that you want to share with our listening audience, and we just want to thank you for your time today. But, you know, what I'm going to do is turn the mic over to you for your closing comments. Well, everybody listening out there, I really appreciate you tuning into the podcast here for Basketball More Than a Game. And uh, what I'd like to close with is what I've kind of been talking about a lot. To be a good coach is to be a good role model. When you have it, it doesn't matter if you're the NBA coach or you're just the rec league coach. You need to be a good role model because you might be coaching the next superstar or the next great coach. So you need to model your great behavior, your character, and pass along those skills, the skills that have gotten you to this point in time. Take it serious, but always have fun. For me, I have more fun as the coach than maybe I do playing. I get excited. I jump up and down because I'm excited to see these kids succeed, not only on the court, but in life also. So, Coach, thank you so much for having sure. me. I, it's been a great enjoyment. I, I thank you. And this is just to be your first of many, and we'll we'll uh, we'll be coming back through, and uh, we'll actually we'll probably try to do is do a uh, do an interview shortly after the ball game, and have some of your guys uh, join us uh, next time. Next time we're in the area, so you know something that we can drop on the calendar. So again, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. So folks, please understand you have that opportunity uh, when you see Coach out and about. You know, definitely appreciate him for what he does here at Liberty Point, uh, in the classroom, away from the classroom. Uh, as I'm out and about and I try to hit the, hit some ball games, I see Coach, and he's got his guys, whether it's in a league game or they're at the movies or whatever, but it's just the time, the passion, the commitment, uh, as he as it says on the tagline, to empower, to equip. So we certainly appreciate his time uh, as relates to that. So in closing, uh, we always uh, hit our, mem- uh, our verse, which is John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So as always, I'm your host, Coach Goins, and like we always close the show, Somebody somewhere is working on the game, and I'll see you in the gym.